Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. God calls a lot of things good as they are being created. The light, the grasses and the trees, the animals, human beings. God calls aloneness not good. Lo tov heyot ha'adam levado. It is not good for a man to be alone. But the first thing that God calls ra, that God calls bad, that is yetzer lev ha'adam. The tendencies of the heart of humanity. And this yetzer which God calls Ra, thereby naming the Yetzer Ra, is not named at the moment of its creation, unlike the light and the grasses and the trees and the animals and the humans. Rather, it's named after some period of time. Ten generations, in fact. Eight chapters of text in the book of Bereshit. It's as if God is wondering how the Yetzer of a person is. What is its nature? Which way will it go? And after Adam and Eve eat from the tree, and after Cain kills Hevel, and after whatever it was that led to the flood, God can now conclude Yetzer lev ha'adam ra minu'rav. The Yetzer of the heart of humanity is Ra. It is bad. And this is stated with such finality and such certainty that unlike some of the other names of the Yetzer Hara, which imply some work that can be done to mitigate the negative impact of the Yetzer Hara, like circumcising the foreskin of your heart or removing the obstacles and the barriers on the path, This one, however, is Ra. It seems that it cannot actually be changed. It can only be dealt with. And thus, the work begins. We are alerted to a kind of danger that will never go away. A danger which is embedded into our very nature. And therefore, we are on alert. We are forewarned. And this leads to a kind of restlessness and requires a sort of vigilance, an ever alert perspective and awareness about ourselves and our actions that if we allow ourselves to give in to our deepest nature, what we'll find there is this raw. Personally, I don't mind hearing this. It doesn't upset me to think that I might be Ra by nature. Whether or not this is a statement about original sin or tabula rasa or whether we come in already losing, as it were, the reality for me is that I am perpetually fighting what feels like an uphill battle to do good, to show up well, to be kind, to be aware of others, 
to do the right thing and the best thing for the right reasons and for the best reasons. That's my experience. And frankly, I'm reassured to know that that's not because I did something fundamentally wrong at some early period that set me in this direction. Rather, this is the way that people are. Or, more specifically, this is the nature of the Yetzer. The Yetzer, the inclination, is towards Ra. Knowing that, I can start to live accordingly. I can take necessary precautions and make effort to overcome that and to do good and to do well. And in the place in the Torah where this occurs, it seems to offer a similar perspective, as it were, to God, who says, I will no longer curse the earth because of man. For the Yetzer of the heart of man is ra, is bad, mine urav, from his youth. And I will no longer, I will never again strike all that lives, as I have just done, now done with the flood. So it seems that with God acknowledging reasonable expectations about human beings and their capacities and their limits based upon the fact that the Yetzer of the lave of people is bad from their youth, God is, as it were, no longer surprised that that is so, and therefore this brutal and complete punishment, similar to the flood, would no longer be appropriate, because, frankly, that's how people are. Again, that does not relieve us of the responsibility to work towards overcoming, as best we can, the impulse towards Ra that seems to be seeded within us, but it at least acknowledges the reality that this is a part of our nature. And therefore, not surprising. It sets the starting line, clearly at the point of post Yetzer Hara. We have that. Now begin. And it is so important to note that God's acknowledgement about the nature of the Yetzer, of the heart of humanity, comes when God has smelled the fragrance of the offerings that Noah has brought, having now exited the ark, whether this is an expression of gratitude or an admission of guilt, Noah has acknowledged that he is frail and imperfect, that he has perhaps done wrong, or on behalf of all of humanity who has done wrong, or at least admitting that humanity needs God in order to survive. And so he brings offerings. And at that moment, when God sees the acknowledgement of human beings who can turn towards themselves and say, it's true, I'm not perfect. Far from it. My Yetzer inclines towards Ra. When human beings can acknowledge that and acknowledge the work they have to do, then God responds by not holding human beings responsible for having that nature. Though, of course, human beings will be responsible for giving in to that nature. But God no longer considers human beings liable for having created that reality. So what happens if we look at life from this perspective? What happens if we look at ourselves and 
at other people as struggling against something that's embedded deep in their nature. And while some people might seem to be better than others at pushing against it or overcoming it, and some methods might be better than others at allowing people to overcoming that raw, still looking at people collectively as struggling to overcome or to override this urge and this impulse towards Ra, we develop compassion for ourselves and for each other. Not that we accept the Ra that comes out of other people, but we understand as best we can the common struggle to express good and to be good and to do good despite that urge. We can look at a person and say, there is a person who did not succeed in overcoming their nature at this time. And that is regrettable. But the surprise is gone. And when someone does succeed in expressing goodness, in overcoming and overriding their nature and doing something wonderful and positive and constructive and useful and connective and compassionate and selfless in the world, we don't say, well, yeah, of course. Of course he did that. Rather, we look at that person at that instance and we say, wow, incredible. Nice job. Every instance of goodness is worth celebrating, or at least worth noting. So when Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches one of his most memorable and most well-known lessons called Azamra, he calls our attention to the mandate to find and the difficulty of finding good points in people and in ourselves. He seems like God in the Noah story to assume that at certain times, or perhaps all the time, the backdrop, the background of Ra, of the nature of Ra that seems to be embedded in us is so real and so active that for a person to emerge from that, to overcome or to override that, and to do something good, to do something beautiful, to do something for another person, to do something in line with what it is that God wants us to do in the world, such things are notable and worth celebrating. And Rabbi Nachman wants us to remember that, that that is true about that person and also about ourselves, and to look at that person with that good point in mind. Not as if to say to that person, yes, this is your actual true nature. I'm looking at you as you really are, as expressed through this good point. But rather to say, I'm looking at you with this in mind, saying this is what you are capable of. You, friend, are capable of overriding the nature and the urge 
toward bad and you're capable of doing magnificent things. And I see that in you and I believe that is true about you and I will continue to believe that is true about you even as you give me ample evidence in the other direction. Even as you try to show me that that was an aberration. That look, if I were to look at the rest of you, the 95% of you that doesn't seem to be acting in this positive, generative way all the time, even when you show me all that, I remain unconvinced. Rather, I know what you're capable of. Because look, yesterday, when you were at Walmart and you held the door open for somebody, that was amazing. I saw what you did there. I know that you have it in you to do that. And I believe that you will do it again. And I'm stringing together these nikudot, these points of goodness that I've seen in you. That time at Walmart and the time when you were nice to the person when you were crossing the street and that time when you helped out that other person and that nice thing you said and that time that you smiled and I'm weaving them together into a story and I'm saying this story, this is a story about what you, friend, are capable of. And I don't mean it as a method or as a tool with which to hock you a chinik and to make you feel bad about the times when you're not showing up that way. I'm just trying to show you and I'm also seeing this in myself, that we are capable of that. We are capable of amazing things, despite the Ra, the nature of Ra, that seems to stand at our root. We are capable of incredible things. So yes, God says, when observing Noah, I see that the nature of humanity is Ra from their youth. But I also see, and I smell, rather, the fragrance of these offerings that he brings. I'm seeing the possibility of teshuva. I'm seeing the possibility of progress and self-awareness and relationship with God and devotion and service. I'm seeing that. And because of that, says God, because I see just what humanity is capable of, therefore, I will not destroy the world because I believe in it. I believe in these people. I believe in their capacity to do amazing things. And I'm here for it.